Welcome to another edition of Focus on the Kingdom. This is Anthony Buzzard inviting you again to search the Scriptures with us as we continue to investigate Jesus' favorite topic, what he called the Gospel or Good News about the Kingdom of God. We're glad you joined us again for another session of Scripture Searching Together. We were saying last time that there's only one Gospel in the New Testament. We've been underlying the absolute necessity for Christians to define the gospel properly. The gospel, after all, is really a synonym for the Christian faith itself. So in discussing the gospel, we're discussing the great question, what is Christianity? There's only one gospel, and it's the gospel as Jesus preached it himself, the gospel which Jesus initiated at the beginning of his ministry. Jesus himself is the originator of the true Christian gospel, he it is who set the pattern and set the example for all following gospel preachers. We read in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3, that the gospel of salvation had its beginning in the ministry of Jesus. Now, that's exactly what we find also in Luke chapter 16, verse 16, where we read that John the Baptist actually was the one who initiated the preaching of the kingdom. From that time, the gospel of the kingdom was preached, Jesus said. But, of course, Jesus simply took up the same message of the kingdom of God. So whether we start with John the Baptist or Jesus, it makes no difference. They're part of the same gospel-preaching team, so to speak. And in Acts 10, verse 36, Peter said that the word which God sent to the sons of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, this took place throughout all Judea, starting from Galilee. And that's exactly what we find then in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, where Jesus came into Galilee announcing God's gospel and saying, Repent, because the kingdom of God is at hand. And so the gospel preaching of Jesus is indeed the foundation of the Christian faith. The Christian faith is defined by the gospel, and that gospel in turn has a label. It's the gospel always about the kingdom of God. Now, a certain unfortunate theory has become current in some circles, particularly in America, whereby it's thought that the gospel of the kingdom, as Jesus preached it, is not for us Gentile Christians today. Now, that's a very difficult theory to support. In fact, there's really no shred of evidence to give it a good basis in the Scriptures. Jesus preached the gospel to the Jews, some say, but after the death and resurrection of Jesus, the argument goes that the gospel was somehow changed. A different form of the gospel was preached then this theory maintains. And that gospel is supposed to be called the gospel about the grace of God, as distinct from the gospel of the kingdom. Now, that theory will not stand a careful investigation. In fact, it's a simple matter to show that it simply isn't true. If you look in Acts chapter 20, where Paul gave his farewell speech to the elders of Ephesus, you will find that he revealed something most interesting about his own career. Farewell speeches, you know, like famous last words, are often sources of vitally important information because in giving a farewell speech, a preacher will sum up the essence of what he's been doing during the whole of his ministry. And Paul there in Acts chapter 20, verses 24 and 25, says that he had been preaching the gospel of the grace of God, Acts 20, verse 24. And in the very next verse, in the same breath, so to speak, he defines precisely what that gospel of the grace of God is. And so in verse 25 of Acts 20, Paul says, As I went about proclaiming or heralding the kingdom 
And so you see, the gospel of the grace of God is exactly the same as the gospel of the kingdom. Those are alternative ways of describing the same gospel message. And so right at the very end of the book of Acts, the very last glimpse we have of Paul in Rome for two years, we find that Luke insists in his report on reminding us of a very basic fact, that is that the gospel of the kingdom is still the heart and the soul of Paul's ministry. So much so that in Acts 28 verse 30, Paul welcomes the people and begins giving a divine testimony on the subject of the gospel of the kingdom and the name of Jesus Christ. And you see in Luke 9 verse 11 that Jesus customarily also welcomed the people and began preaching the kingdom. Luke 9 and verse 11, compared with Acts 28, verse 30, gives us a most illuminating and unifying principle to get hold of, namely that Jesus and Paul were both equally preachers and heralds of God's saving message about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, as we've been showing, is really the overarching, as well as the underlying theme of the whole drama of Scripture. As somebody said, Act 1 of that drama is the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, and Act 2 is the second half of the drama of the kingdom. And when we get to the book of Revelation, in Revelation 11, verses 15 and 18, we finally come to the end of the drama of God's marvelous unfolding story from one end of the Bible to the other by which he intends to restore peace to this earth, that peace which was originally taken from mankind so deceptively by the wiles of the devil when the kingdom of God which God established in Eden was disrupted and from that time on there has been no peace on earth there has been no unifying factor to bring men and women of all nations and races together in harmony and peace oh yes we've sought that in many ways but we've never achieved it and yet the promise of the kingdom of God in the Bible is that that is going to be achieved one day and the exciting thing about life now is that it is a prelude to that coming great event which we call the kingdom of God. Christians are men and women of all races and of all nations and tongues who are being invited precisely by the gospel of the message of the kingdom of God to take part as co-regents and co-rulers and immortal beings in that coming kingdom of God, either by resurrection if they die before the day when Christ comes back or by being transformed along with the dead at the time of the return of Jesus, so that they all may take part in that great messianic banquet, which was the subject of all of Jesus' parables, or a great number, at least, of Jesus' famous parables. And we've been talking often about the parable of the sower, which shows that the gospel message, which must take root in the heart of the potential convert, is precisely the message about the kingdom, Matthew 13:19. And that parallel verse in Luke 8:12 tells us that the devil knows this well and is very unhappy with the spreading of the gospel of the kingdom. And so in Luke 8:12 Jesus said that when anybody hears the message, as to say the message of the kingdom, Matthew 13:19, the devil is there trying to snatch away the word from his heart, from his mind that is, from his comprehension and his intellect, so that he may not understand and believe it and be saved. Luke 8 in that verse, as I've said often, Jesus unveils what's happening behind the scenes in the spiritual realm. Jesus gives there a brilliant intelligence report about the activity of the devil, the devil who does not want the gospel message to
to be sown in the heart of a human being. He does not want that vitalizing spark of life to create rebirth in the potential convert. He well knows that that reception of the gospel of the kingdom is the very thing that creates new life, that begets a new life in the believer that causes him to be born again. And Satan knows that an immortal is born at that moment, one destined, that is, for immortality in the coming kingdom. No wonder then that Paul in Romans 2.7 said that God is going to give the life of the coming age, eternal life, that is, to all of those who diligently seek for immortality. And they should seek it by first grasping the message of the gospel of the kingdom as Jesus preached it. Now, in view of all that kingdom material in the teaching of Jesus, as well as throughout the book of Acts, and of course also at key junctures in the other epistles of the New Testament, and then again, of course, in Revelation, in Revelation 11, the great kingdom statement telling us that the kingdom of God is going to be inaugurated at the second coming. That's when God is going to begin to reign. Revelation 11, verses 15 to 18. God is going to begin to reign, that is, using his agent, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God and Messiah. Now, in view then of all of that kingdom material and so many testimonies to the fact that the kingdom of God is indeed the heart and soul of Christianity, it's remarkable that modern commentators, and very prominent ones too, admit that the kingdom of God has not been preached to the extent that Jesus and Paul always preached it. Listen, for example, to these words from a well-known theologian who says this, During the past 16 years, I can recollect only two occasions on which I've heard sermons specifically devoted to the theme of the kingdom of God. I find this silence rather surprising, because it's universally agreed by New Testament scholars that the central theme of the Gospels and of the teaching of Jesus was the kingdom of God. This phrase, kingdom of God, was used by Jesus more than any other. And so one would expect that the modern preacher, who is trying to bring the message of Jesus to his congregation, would have much to say about this subject. In fact, my experience has been the opposite, and I have rarely heard about it. That statement was a quotation from Dr. Howard Marshall in an article entitled Preaching the Kingdom of God in the Expository Times of October 1977, page 13. But we may ask, how can Christ be preached at all if his gospel is not communicated to the potential convert? Doesn't faith come by hearing and hearing from Messiah's message? Romans 10:17. That's a fundamentally interesting statement, by the way. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by Messiah's message, the Word of Christ. I would point out to you that the King James Version there, the Word of God, is a little bit too vague. Now, the Word of Christ is certainly also the Word of God, but the Word of Messiah is a focused term. It takes us immediately back to the Gospel as Jesus himself preached it. The right text you're reading there is that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by Christ's message, Christ's gospel, Christ's word. That's the form that's found in all of the earliest and best manuscripts. And so Romans 10:17 tells us that the generator of faith, the source of faith, is indeed the message of the Messiah, of Christ himself, the gospel of the kingdom. Now, it's agreed on all sides that Jesus' supreme purpose concerned the kingdom of God, 
At the same time, those who claim to be propagating the gospel as Jesus preached it apparently say almost nothing about the kingdom. Here's another quotation suggesting the same lack of kingdom preaching in contemporary times. This is what Elizabeth Achtermeyer says in a book called Preaching as Theology and Art. One of the central messages of the New Testament, which is now rarely heard by the average churchgoer, is the proclamation of the coming of the kingdom in the person of Jesus Christ. That coming was promised in every major complex in the Old Testament prophets. The prophets promised the new age of the kingdom on the other side of the judgment of the exile with a new exodus and wilderness wanderings to a renewed promised land where Israel would dwell in faithfulness and security in a new covenant relationship with her God. And Israel would by her light attract all nations into her fellowship. Israel anticipated that coming kingdom and knew a foretaste of it in her worship. Throughout most of the pages of the Old Testament, Israel strains forward towards the arrival of the kingdom. Yes, indeed, and that is exactly the theme that Jesus takes up when he says, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. That's exactly as that uh, excellent theologian there described the kingdom of God from the pages of the Old Testament. That's all we have time for for today. We invite you to be studying these key passages and ideas about the kingdom of God from the text of Scripture itself. Join us again as we continue to probe Jesus' favorite topic about the kingdom as he gives us the secrets of immortality and life in the coming age of the kingdom of God.